0: Welcome to the Don't Live Stuck Podcast, where we believe every person should constantly question the direction they are going and redirect if necessary. It's your life, so live it. Here is your host, Leo Rodriguez. Why is this man so serious? Let me do it. Here's your host, my daddy.
1: Welcome, everybody, that will be listening to this show. I'm excited for this one specifically because our guest today is someone who has taught me a lot. And a lot of people that I know have also benefited from his teachings. So I won't talk much to introduce him. I'll let him do most of that. His name is Ralph Little. And he is a small business expert entrepreneur. He's been teaching business for over 20 years. Um, attended school at Harvard, and then obtained his MBA at the University of Utah. Um, Ralph, how are you doing?
0: Very good, Leo. Good to be good to be with you.
1: Good to have you on the show. I started asking people to send me some questions um, that we could ask you about business, and some of the people that know you definitely got excited and started messaging a lot of questions, so we'll be talking through some of those today. Good. Um, Can you give us a little intro about yourself, more in detail as to how you started in business, what business you had, how how that went, um, how'd you started?
0: Sure, sure. So I I, I've always been an entrepreneur. um, Ever since I was like twelve or thirteen, I've been looking at uh, ways to start businesses. Um, my My best my 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 best success was when I uh, after I graduated from the University of Utah. I got fired from a job where I was working because I told him I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and um, so he fired me right on the spot. So I, I kind of bumped around for a little bit for about two years. I was married, uh, had a house, a uh, little little child on the way, and was just really struggling to make ends meet. And I got a part-time job. It was a part-time job that I hated because I don't like working for other people, but this part-time <laughs> job gave me the idea that I could do work I could do contract work for mortgage companies in their collections and foreclosure departments. And basically what we did, what, what we did, was to go out and knock on the doors. The mortgage companies would assign us delinquent loans. and we'd go out and knock on the door and see if we couldn't help the homeowners uh, find a way to bring their home current. And So we did this, we got paid about ten bucks for this little uh, visit we would do with the homeowner. It only took about five minutes, okay and uh, so that was that was that was the job that I had, and it was a terrible job. But I thought, you know if I could get a couple of mortgage companies to hire me to do this, uh, I could make some good money yeah. and so i I left that mortgage company, it was called Ampac Mortgage. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I literally sat down at a table with a telephone, and I started calling mortgage companies and and told them I was in this business and that I'd be happy to take care of their delinquent loans in Utah. Okay. And lo and behold, within a day and a half of calling, I, I had a client, and they sent me a couple of loans, and I think the first month, I made $25. So it wasn't Good. enough to live on. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: But I kept calling the mortgage companies and month after month, it grew until uh, I went up to Logan, Utah, and I called on Utah mortgage loan up there and they committed to give me 300 delinquent loans a month to visit. And so now now I was making enough money to live on. It wasn't great, but it was enough money to live on. Yeah. Uh, and, And now I was busy and I started to hire a few, uh, employees to do the work and then we just started to grow we grew rapidly okay and uh they wanted me to go up into southeastern idaho and down to southern utah and a little and one mortgage company wanted me to go over to denver so it was at a time when when uh oh hughes air west was offered airline flights to denver round trip for 25 bucks oh wow so i i would i would fly over to denver i rented a car flew over to denver And I do uh, these inspection calls all day, and then I park my car at the airport, fly home, and and sleep in my bed. (laughs) It's cheaper to fly home than it was to get a hotel room. Oh wow! And then I I fly back the next morning and and work, and and I did that, and I hired people anyway. We started to grow as a company, and we went from you know doing three hundred loans a month to been in about five years, we were doing about sixty thousand loans a month.
1: So, when you talk about, for example, uh, the amount of loans, how would that translate to money? Why? So we can put it in perspective each, each how it's growing. Each
0: loan, each loan gave me ten dollars a month. Okay, ten dollars. Okay. Okay. So at sixty thousand, at sixty thousand loans a, a month, we're doing just over six hundred thousand dollars in inspection.
1: Okay, yeah, I would say that. Every fast. month,
0: every month. And uh, and so this was a company that I started with no capital, didn't borrow any money, uh, made money right from the beginning,
1: perfect. and I ran
0: that company for 20 years. Perfect,
1: perfect. And before we get to that point... I want to expand on some of the things you said. For example, the first one said, uh you you say you started when you were around 12 or 13 years old. Um uh, yes. there's a lot of people like myself, I know around my same age that will be listening to this and we were raised always being taught to go to school and that was the only way to make anything happen. Um, you
0: yes, Leo, Leo. You yes. were taught to go to school and learn and and get a job.
1: Exactly. So the first right. question I want to ask you is this. Was being an entrepreneur the popular thing when you wanted to do it? And second, what advice would you have for those with 12 and 13-year-olds who might want to learn entrepreneurship?
0: Well, that's a, good, that's a great question, Leo. The entrepreneurship is never popular, okay. unfortunately, because most people – Feel like security comes from having a job and it doesn't security comes from having being your own boss okay but people that that work for a living don't see it that way and so they always think entrepreneurs are a little strange and they think they are uh, risk seekers but they're not entrepreneurs are risk averse they're entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs because they want security, specifically. They want to be secure. And the only way to gain security is to control your own destiny.
1: That makes total sense. So when you say, and I've heard you teach this, so I would just wonder if you can share that. When you say that it's more risky to actually have a job, um, how would you explain that to the people that might have a hard time getting that across? Very good.
0: So for a person who has the job, bless their hearts, they've been told that they get security from that. Yes. And, and yet, we know and they know that if they, if they make a mistake, if they foul up, even if they don't make a mistake, they can be fired at any time. Correct. I mean, everybody can be fired. The yes. problem with working for a company is only one person could fire. Only one person has to fire you. Yeah, And there's no security in that because they can do it for any reason they want. Mm-hmm. But as an entrepreneur, you and I've told you this, as an entrepreneur, if I own a company and I have 281 clients, then the only way I could lose my job as the owner of that company is for 281 people to fire me on the same day.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's pretty right. Yeah.
0: And and these people don't even know each other. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I am 281 times more secure than someone who works for a big company like GE because that person who works for GE, only one person has to fire them.
1: I agree. Thank you. Okay. You bet. Um, one more thing. That when you were given your intro, um, you said we started growing fast. I heard something, a quote about business. I don't remember if it was from you in one of your classes, but they said there's two fears when it comes to business. First one is starting a business and second is growing the business. Um, can you tell us a little bit how the growing process went? So it was you working. How was it when you said, okay, I need three more people, five more people, 10 more people, um, how did that process happen?
0: Well, the, the, that's a great question, Leo. The the, the the growth really comes about as your sales start to increase.
1: Okay. And so when I would
0: go out and I would pick up a new mortgage company and they would commit to me a certain number of, of loans that we would inspect every month, after I had that commitment from a new mortgage company, then I'd have to go out and hire new employees. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm constantly hiring new employees constantly searching out new mortgage companies and controlling the growth is a real um skill set yeah you want to grow fast enough so that you're making more money but you don't want to grow too fast so that you run out of capital because growth takes capital you have to have money to grow yeah but fortunately, we had enough uh, profit margin in what we did that we could grow rab- quite rapidly and not run out of capital.
1: So, what about the people, um, myself included, sometimes, that we say, well, in order for this to be done right, it has to be done by me. And then we have a hard time hiring three, four, or five more people because we, we think we can't be on top of all of them. So, we just don't hire. Uh, Very good. What would you suggest in that case? So
0: here's here's the problem with that. Yes. When when you say, if if it's going to be done right, I have to do it. Correct. Then you immediately place a, a a hard cap on the growth of your business. Okay. In fact, you really don't have a business because you can't have any employees. What you have at that point is a job, and that's all you'll ever have. A mm. business is inherently a group of people that are working. It means employees. And so if you're going to grow fast, you have to become good at managing people. You have to become good at delegating. You have to become at breaking down a task and dividing it up among a number of employees so the work gets done and the work gets done done well. It's called a system. When you build systems into your company, now you can really grow fast.
1: Perfect. One brief tip on how to properly manage people.
0: Okay. So managing is really the easiest thing in the world. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You just have to be kind to people. If you learn how to be kind to your employees, and kindness I mean in every sense of the word, I want my employees to grow. I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel challenged, but I also want them to take take pride in what they do. And so if they do not do good work, I recognize that I haven't done a good job of teaching them how to do it. Perfect. And I will work with an employee until they do it well, and I will praise them, I will encourage them, but as soon as I find an employee that is not interested in growing, then I it's what I call we have a conversation. And I suggest you find work elsewhere.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Very it, nicely.
0: <laughs> but 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 most employees, I mean, the vast majority of employees want to work. They want to work hard. And when given a task and a challenge, they will rise to it. They're marvelous.
1: Perfect. Um. So you started this business. Let me ask you something that... want to be entrepreneurs or business owners, we struggle with sometimes. It seems like you started the business because you saw potential in making money. How does this relate to doing something that you're passionate about versus something that you just see opportunity for growth and profits?
0: Yeah. Uh, Being passionate about what you do is a waste of time. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know everybody talks about being, well, they were really passionate about what they did, or if you're if passionate about what you do, you'll never have to work a day in your life, this is all garbage.
1: All right.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's just garbage. What, what you ought to be passionate about is building a business. I don't care what the product is. I don't care whether it's uh, running sewer pipe or mining for gold entrepreneurs generally tend to be people that like to accomplish things. And it doesn't really matter what they accomplish. They just like to accomplish things. And so it's in the doing. So if I were starting out again as an entrepreneur, or if I were teaching your your uh, people that are listening to this, I would say do not worry about what you're passionate about. Primarily focus on what things are available to be done that can make money Mm -hmm. because that's that's the goal of a business is to make money it's not to satisfy your passions (laughs) understood yeah start a business that makes money and then do your hobby after hours
1: perfect okay i know that i know that's going to be a hard one for some of us because oh yeah because like you said we've, we've always been taught the same thing you know do what you love And it's going to be so much easier than doing something you don't love. Um, But what you're saying is correct. I mean, if you want to be an entrepreneur, what you should love really is growing a business. Growing a business, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. So while you had this company, I would assume um, that you had other investments going on. Uh, At what point do you start looking at other investment opportunities instead of just running your business, and what kind of investments did you start practicing with?
0: Well, uh, I started to, to look at other businesses that I could do when I had excess capital. So my business had grown just about as fast as I thought it could grow. I had excess capital, and I looked around and said, what are the other opportunities that are out there where I could use the, uh, the, 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 the employees that I've got, or the structure that I've got. And so we expanded into a couple of other areas that were not mortgage related. Um, we did work for credit card companies. We did work for some developers. We did work for insurance companies. And we used our network. I mean, I had 3,000 employees. Oh, wow. Uh, we have them all over the United States. And so I used that network of employees for these other opportunities. Then I looked at other things to do. We we built uh, parts for the F-16 uh, jet out at Hill Air Force Base. Mm, uh, nice. We did some advertising. I I did some ty- tire recycling. I mean, I, I probably did six or seven other businesses, but uh, nothing quite met with the success that uh, my mortgage uh, field service company did.
1: Okay, yeah, that's. I didn't know that you had about three thousand employees. That's. That's a lot of people to manage. <laughs> um, yeah, it was fun. So, when it comes to finances, sometimes they say, and again, the majority of people listening to this are about 25 to 40-ish years old. Right. Um, so, we always hear that if we if we want to grow, um, if, if we want to make money, that we have to have Different sources of income, not just one. In fact, I read something in one of the business books I read that they threw a number. I think they said seven. It's what the average millionaire has, seven different sources of income. Uh, What are your thoughts about that, about having different sources of income?
0: Well, the the book that you, you read about millionaires, that's probably true but mm. if you're going to start a business what i want you to do is put all of your eggs in one basket and then watch that basket very carefully
1: okay <laughs> so
0: i want, you, I, want you, I want you to specialize in what you do but if you're if you're always out there diversifying then you dilute your attentions so what i did is i became very good at what i was doing okay. and our company grew and grew rapidly and at that point i was able to turn over a large portion of the management people that I trained. And so now I had extra time and I went out and started other businesses. And so at that point, yes, I'm diversifying, but I've already got uh, this company producing a significant amount of money every month. I was fairly secure. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. as as you start out you got to you got to concentrate on what you're doing. You can't, you can't be looking to do seven different things.
1: Okay. So maybe it's something for down the road when you're actually. uh, Yeah, when you're when you're you're 60. (laughs) Okay, Um, young couples. So let's say we have a young marriage, uh, maybe one of them or both of them still in school, but they really want to start something. One of the problems that often arises because of that is funding for a business. And some people go out there and start getting all kinds of loans and stuff like that what would you suggest for someone who's thinking about starting a business but doesn't quite have the cash yet?
0: So if if I were talking to someone who wanted to start a business and wanted to go out and get a loan, I would just shoot them right on the spot.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: There's absolutely no reason that you need to get a loan to start a business. None whatsoever. Never, ever, 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 under any circumstances, Borrow money to start or buy a business. What you need to do is you need to change the way you look at business and say, I can. how can I start this business with the money that I already have? Or how can I start this business with no money? When I teach my class, uh, my students, I challenge them to make $10,000 in the next 14 weeks. And using the principles that we teach, and most of the students are able to do it. Now imagine that. Starting a business that makes $10,000 with no capital. And I've got, I've got a student right now uh, out in North Salt Lake. He makes $6,000 a month doing just what I told him to do without having borrowed a bit of capital. Well, that's yeah. what you ought to be doing. Yeah. Okay? And so if, if you think you need to borrow money, you need to rethink the business you're trying to start. Because that's, that's a loser's way of, of getting poor fast. to borrow money all right so
1: what about for those that always say it takes money to make money totally false then.
0: totally false it takes money to lose money (laughs) okay
1: Okay. so um, you do some business consulting and have worked with other businesses on helping them grow etc what is that you find common with up and running businesses when you come in and help them, what is it that, that they need help with mostly?
0: Okay. There, there are three main things they need help with. First of all, they, they do not understand their financial statements. Many of them don't even have financial statements. Interesting. And so we, we do an intensive training to teach them how to read their financial statements and understand what's going on with the money inside the business. It's absolutely critical. Two is they do not know how to manage employees. Just like as we've talked about, they just kind of bring an employee in. They get minimal training and send them out to do a job, and they find that the employees don't do a very good job. Yeah. So we teach, the, we teach the managers how to train, how to delegate, how to manage, how to reward so that you've really got employees that like working where they're working, and they do a good job. Mm-hmm. that's the third that's the second thing the third thing is they have no idea how to sell their product okay. so we teach them how to sell how to how to get a stream of new customers constantly for the products that they're they're selling and we did the companies that, that go through my course it just lights them on fire because all of a sudden this company rather than being difficult to manage becomes a pleasure to own
1: yeah, I'm I'm sure. Perfect. So with the word sell, two things come to mind. And it'll be two questions and you can answer them in whichever order you want. First one, some people say, I want to have a business, but I'm not the sales type of person. I don't like selling. I don't like being pushy. You talked about cold calling, how you did that. Some of us don't like that. And here we are saying we need to grow a business. What are your thoughts about sales with the business? And second, with all the social media going on and all the changes in technology and the internet, what have you seen that has changed as far as selling from back in the day when you pretty much strictly all you had was cold calling?
0: Okay, good question. First of all, if, if you own a company or if you want to start a company and you don't like to sell, that's fine. That's not a problem. What you have to learn how to do is you have to learn how to hire salesmen that will do the selling for you. It's simple. Yeah. And, there, and you can always hire salesmen. But I'm going to suggest that once you learn how to sell, it's really a pleasurable task that okay. the, the the what what most people think of sales people are people that don't do a very good job slick salesmen that that outtalk you, that trick you, that sell you things you don't need. No one likes that. And that's not the kind of salesman you want to be either. You want to be out there selling a product that actually has value and you just find enough people that that recognize the value in it. Selling is, is the best thing in the world and basically every business must be a sales organization. But if you don't like to sell, then hire salesmen. What's changed? You know, I know you think that the internet has changed business, but it really has not. Okay. It's it's new, I'm with you on that. But still the core of the internet and, and social media is finding like minded people. And when you mm-hmm. sell on the Internet, when you sell over social media, you're looking for people that think similar to your your core customers. And then they all have the same types of problems. And then it's just a matter of presenting what you have in a way that makes sense to them.
1: Would you say and that? So I'm, go
0: go ahead. ahead.
1: Would you say that social media just makes the process faster because you can reach more people?
0: It's not that you can reach more people; it's that you can select a group of people easier, okay. and 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 yes, and faster. Okay, so you know, it used to be we'd put a billboard up by the side of the freeway, and we would advertise to literally thousands of people that were not interested in our product, with the hopes of finding one or two that were. Yeah. And so now we can go on Facebook or LinkedIn or, or Instagram, or whatever, and say, I want this ad to go specifically to these types of people. I want people that are between 25 and 40, that have an interest in entrepreneurship, that have a high school education. And, and all of a sudden, you've got a pool of people that meet your criteria. That has become really quite wonderful.
1: That's true. Yeah. I, I placed an ad for my business two weeks ago and it's incredible how specific you can get. I mean, yeah. it, it was asking me if I wanted to advertise to people with one credit cards, three credit cards, five, seven. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's amazing.
1: yeah. So, um, to kind of wrap up here, I would like to do kind of like a lightning round of stuff that I know um, you teach and you're famous for teaching. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about some bullet points that I have here and you can just explain them. Um, your famous three M's of making money and why every future business owners, should know, these three.
0: Three, three M's required to make money. You need three things. You need margin. You need a significant margin between the amount, what you can sell your product for and what it costs you to make. Uh, retail margins are like 50%. If I buy a, a shirt for $25 from the wholesaler, I'm going to mark it up to 50. Okay. That's not, that's not enough margin. I want you to find margins where you can get two and three times your cost. So you can have two and 300% margins.
1: Is that possible you with some to- of the products we see every day?
0: Oh, all, all they're all over. They're all over. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Second, you need a a market. You need to be able to sell this to a large market, a large group of people. Sometimes we just want to sell this in Salt Lake City or to our friends or to to our neighbors or our relatives. It's not, you you got to sell it to a lot of people. And so you want a business that has a large market for your product. And the third, the third is the most difficult one, and that is multiples. You want a product, that is not custom work. Okay. You do not want to ever be in a business that is custom. You don't want to paint houses because every house has to be painted. It's custom work. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be in the restaurant business because every, every meal is custom work. You want to be in businesses that you can sell ten, twenty, fifty, 20, 50, a hundred, a 1, thousand of your products easily so i'm going to suggest you that your first business ought to be a business where you can buy a product mark it up and sell it so then you don't have to production the production business go ahead
1: so does the custom work apply for example to someone who owns a restaurant doesn't cook the meals just owns the place is that still custom work or is that now a business
0: well yeah now now it's better because he's not doing he's not doing the uh, the actual meal preparation, but the restaurant's never going to be wildly po- popular because it's a small market and the margins are small. Okay. And so even though he's got mar- multiples, he doesn't have large margins or large market.
1: Perfect. So, so we have to be careful then of having a combination of those three M's and not look. And not just look at them separately then. Yes, Perfect. exactly. Uh, well, you already talked about custom work. That was one that I was going to ask you about. Proven com- concept. I know you talk about this a lot. And some of us yeah. that think about making stuff, we go and ask our mom if she likes it. And, of course, she loves the product. Um, so we think that's it. We have a We have a winner. But you always make a point to ask around. Tell us about that.
0: Right. Okay, so let's let's take McDonald's. McDonald's as a restaurant <laughs> is wildly successful, and we'll all agree on that. But not yes. everybody like, likes to eat there. Is that fair? Yes. Okay, so McDonald's has about 18% of the fast food market, which means 18 people out of 100 want to eat at McDonald's. Yes. So if you if you went around and asked people what they thought of McDonald's, most people would say they don't like it, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, a lot of them. I
0: mean, you know, uh, 72, 72% – 72 people are going to say they don't like McDonald's. And if you do that, you're going to say, well, I've got a loser. But if you've got 18 out of 100 people that like your product, you've actually got a winner. Yeah. But you need – You need to know who is your customer and just asking three people isn't going to tell you anything. You need to ask hundreds of people.
1: Perfect. Yeah. And, and this is where, like they say, where the rubber hits the road, because this is where the person actually has to get out of their house and just go around and start asking,
0: um, you got to talk to people.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Uh, Risk and reward.
0: Oh, we, risk, we don't have time for risk and reward.
1: <laughs> I know you'd like but to expand a, on that one, but in a nutshell, what's in, what's the in idea? In a
0: nutshell, this, this idea that there is the greater the risk, the greater the reward is absolutely false. Okay. Risk is not an inherent part of business. I know that, that just sounds odd. Yes. But it's entirely possible in fact it's it's encouraged that you find ways to eliminate risk in your business and and here and here's the proof if you eliminate risk in your business what happens to profits they go up yeah and so here we have exactly the opposite if i eliminate risk i increase my profit which totally debunks the theory the greater the risk the greater the reward
1: perfect I heard a speech that or an interview that Ray Dalio gave, um, manages, I think, the biggest mutual fund um, or one of the biggest, something like that. And he talked about how about this risk and reward, how people with billions of dollars um, tend to know pretty much everything their money is doing down to the dollars. Yeah, because they don't want to lose one penny and here we have a lot of the wannabe entrepreneurs that we believe that sometimes that oh i got to take big risks so that i make a lot more and it's interesting to hear that people with actual money in their pockets say completely the opposite absolutely the opposite yeah perfect uh qualities of an entrepreneur can everyone be an entrepreneur can can it be taught are you born with it what are your qualities that, that you would say an entrepreneur has to have?
0: I think, an, I think anybody could be an entrepreneur. In fact, I think there are a lot more people that want to be entrepreneurs, but they just don't know how. The, the principles of business are really quite simple. No one teaches them, but they're really quite simple. And once you learn the principles of the business, once you learn the principles how to start a business with almost no money and no risk, You can do it over and over and over again in any any place you are, in anywhere in the world. You really become financially secure. So yes, entrepreneurship can be taught and once you learn it, you've got it forever.
1: Perfect. Second to last question. Um, Books off the top of your mind that you'd recommend for anyone who's thinking about starting a business or grow the one that they already have.
0: Okay. So there's a couple of books. One, um, uh, the richest man in Babylon is excellent.
1: I love that one.
0: Okay. Uh, Duct tape marketing. Excellent.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: Managing by the numbers. Excellent. Okay. Uh, Let me just think um the innovators method excellent okay okay and uh yeah those are those are the ones that come to my mind right off the top of my head
1: perfect yeah i i was in one of your classes when you recommended um uh, richest man in babylon Def- yeah definitely definitely Great book. A, a, a turning point Great book. for me yeah okay.
0: Take you an hour and a half to read it and 10 years to understand
1: it. I agree. Yeah, I'm still trying to understand it. Okay, so someone who's done as much as you have and has accomplished as much as you have, what's next for someone like you with your credentials, with your career, with everything you've made? I mean, you got grandkids now, different than when you started. You're in a whole different season of your life. How does someone that was so busy as you were... um, spends his time now. What, what are your plans? What are you doing?
0: So this is, this is one of the great misunderstandings of business is we think that the goal is to, is to retire and just relax and do nothing. I can, I can think of nothing more horrible than that.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Really entrepreneurs never retire. They're always working on a business. They're always trying to help people. They're always trying to grow. So what I'm doing is I'm starting a, uh, similar to you, I'm starting a webcast where I'll be teaching principles of entrepreneurship and running a business here. Perfect. Uh, I'm just going through the outline and doing that. So, yeah, I'm I've still got my foot in the fire and I love it.
1: Perfect. Any last words that you'd like to share with upcoming entrepreneurs or those of us who might be struggling with growing our current business? Anything? That'll
0: if work. you're growing if you're struggling growing your current business you need to call me
1: <laughs> okay let
0: me help you okay all right so uh so give me my phone number and have him call me all
1: right i will do that if anyone asks for your number we'll be sure to give it good. to them all right ralph Maybe. little you're good man thank you very much for your time i love your lessons every time you teach i am sure people will get a lot of value from them and we'll probably be calling
0: Great. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you,
1: Leo. Thank you. Have a great day.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Ralph Little. I hope you learned something that you can now go and put into practice. And I hope that as you move forward with your business or as you start a business, That you understand that you don't have to be stuck with your business. Thank you very much. And until next time, don't live stuck.